Welcome back to the podcast of the River Anglican Church in Blacksburg, Virginia. Today, to kick off the Advent season, we are going to hear from a few of our congregational members about how God's been working in their lives. So here are our people. So today, our worship service is going to be a little bit different. Um, Jonathan, our pastor, is still under the weather, um, and so he's not able to be with us today. And so um, rather than have someone kind of rush to try to come up with a, with a sermon at the last minute, we actually decided that today's going to be a day where we, uh, we want to hear from, from you. We want to hear what God has been doing um, in the lives of the people of this church. Uh, in Advent, this is the first Sunday of Advent. Um, if you haven't been in like a, a more liturgical church, you maybe haven't been in a church where Advent has been celebrated. Um, we do celebrate Advent. That's why we have this purple cloth up here, this Advent wreath. Um, and an Advent is a time where we look ahead to the birth of Christ, um, and we look forward to his second coming. The scriptures that we read during this time, they, they look back on the promises that God made to Israel. Um, they look forward to those fulfill, the fulfillment of those promises and the birth of Christ. And then they look forward even further to promises that have been made to us about how God is going to remake everything, and he's going to redeem all of creation at the end of time, at his second coming. And so that's what we look forward to in Advent. Um, and the current that runs through all these things is the faithfulness of God. We look back at the promises that God has made to Israel. Uh, we look at the fulfillment of those promises in Christ. And we look forward to the second coming. And throughout all of that, what we see is the faithfulness of God. Israel was faithless. We see all kinds of examples of that in the Old Testament. Israel is faithless, but God is faithful. And we can see we are faithless, and yet God is faithful to us as well. We can look in, like the psalmist said, the psalmist is surrounded by enemies. He says, the nations surround me. Um, Israel was surrounded by enemies and adversaries and trials, and God was faithful. And we too, we're surrounded by trials, but God is faithful. Uh, some churches, when you go to them, they'll promise you, you know, a life of ease in Jesus. And that's not what we promise because that's not what the scriptures promise. The scriptures don't promise that life is going to be easy and that everything is going to go well, uh, when you accept Christ. But the scriptures promise that God is going to be faithful through it all. And so like the psalmist, you know, we have gone through times where we face trials and we face temptations and we face adversaries. But God has been faithful through that. And so that's, that's what we'd like to hear today. We'd love to hear from you. Where has God been faithful? Where has God been teaching you in the past months? Where has God been with you even when you didn't feel like he was there? Uh, where has God been leading you? And so I'd love to invite you to share that with us. And if you feel like uh, no one wants to hear from me or, you know, this is just, it's just a small thing. This, it's not big enough to, to share. It doesn't need to be big enough because it's not a competition to see, you know, who, who did God do the biggest things for? This is uh, just a time for us to all be encouraged um, by the work of God in the lives of the people of this church. So I'm going to, with that, I'm going to open up, open us up in prayer, and then I'm going to open the microphone, and if you would like to share about how God has been faithful, how God has been working in your life, we would love to hear that. Uh, so will you please pray with me? God, will you be present with us here today? Lord, where you have been faithful, God, open our eyes to see that. 
God, where we're, we're nervous to share, Lord, give us boldness to share about what you have done for us, God. Give us boldness to come forward, and, and because it's not about us, God. It's not about what we've done, but it's about what you have done for us. And so, Lord, would you give us the courage and the boldness to stand up and to proclaim the good news, to proclaim what you have done for us, God. Lord, would you be glorified through all of this? And God, would you speak through people as they speak today? It's in your name we pray. Amen. I'm John. Uh, I think the last time I spoke in church was when I joined. <laughs> so I'm not a frequent uh, visitor to the front of the room. But I, I pulled out of the driveway this morning. And I have regular CDs popped into my truck. And on came this song by Ron Block. And the... The opening to that song says, I'm not holding on to Jesus, he's holding on to me. Which led me to think about um, a partial verse in Hebrews 6.19 that we have an anchor for our souls. So whatever we're going through, and I know there's a lot of challenges for everyone, we have a sure hope of what Jesus has done for us and that he's holding on to us today and through the future. I'm Jack McDonald, if you don't know me. Uh, I just wanted to share real briefly that um, I think one of the highlights for my year spiritually has been um, our Wednesday night group, uh, our men's group, our spiritual formation group at uh, that Chris has led and that the Givens have, have hosted. Um, I just think it's so valuable. It's really hard to come to church um, and feel close to people unless you've experienced their lives a little bit outside of the fellowship, right? Um, and um, I think we've got we've got more ground to cover. But I just appreciate uh, Chris and Dan and Jim and John and Keith and Mark and Mike and Makumba um, to pray for our respective families and lost members of our of our families and and work situations uh it's just been a blessing i encourage any of you who aren't doing that to to try to do that this coming year uh, i've especially enjoyed getting to know makumba who's not here right now this morning but uh you know you, you don't get to know anybody well unless you teach them how to drive a car you go through the little the trials and challenges uh doing that together and so we've grown close to that, and he got his license uh, just about 10 days ago, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, But, you know, when I see him on Sunday, it's a blessing because we've prayed for each other and we've seen each other during the week. So anyway, I just want to thank God for a number of you and your, and your friendships and the chance for the river to provide a context for uh, men and or women to, to gather together in small groups together. So. Ag the partial Basset Hound for participating in our men's group uh, as well. So here's a cheer to him. Hello. <laughs> so I've helped us out of our silence. Uh, so I'm thankful for a lot of things. Um, it has been a big year. Uh, so thankful that I've graduated. Yay. Uh, so for me, I've 
for my, uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, I graduated with my PhD this year. Um, and I've kind of taken the long route around. So I've been in and out of school, mostly in school, uh, trying to do this without gathering any debt. So uh, I, I once figured this out is in the last, I think it was 35 years, I've not been taking classes for like a year and a half, something like that. So it was kind of nice to actually be done um, from, a, from a really nice school, a really nice place in the world. And we got to go back. Uh, so of course, we, we left Scotland a little early, thanks to COVID. And um, obviously, we are all, you know, well aware of COVID. And it really brought home to me just how grateful we should be for things like being able to have people in your house. So when we were in Scotland, the rules uh, were, I mean, they changed a lot, but they, uh, they, they were at several points that you weren't allowed to leave your house except for one time a day. And then it was, obviously, you can't have anyone in your house. And um, then you could go for a walk with one person, not in your house. And eventually, by the time we left, we were allowed to have, I think it was up to four households, like six people, uh, outside your house, in your garden, uh, which is a yard for the rest of us in America. And weirdly, I'd never been properly thankful just for the ability to walk into someone's house or to even gather with like three people outside who weren't all part of the same family. So I'm very grateful for that today. And I'm grateful to be here. Um, it's been really good to, uh, to have a place uh, and to start working. So thank you to all of you who've been very patient with me. So, um, and if you will, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask for my prayers while I'm up here. I know that's not part of the, the routine, Chris, so but I'm going to throw it in there anyway. So I'm also thankful that I, I have a book that's under contract, but that's also the deadline is due at the end of the month. So if you feel like you have some extra time and you want to pray for me as I'm madly editing, you can do that too. So thank you. So something I've been thinking about for probably the last six months or so is, uh, and kind of dwelling on, particularly in this season of Advent, is what it means for Jesus to be king, because we don't have kings. Uh, we have occasionally marginally acceptable politicians. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I enjoy following the news and following politicians and uh, accustomed to uh, pretty much constant disappointment. And, uh, you know, it's the thing I've been kind of reflecting on is, you know, what it really means for, for King Jesus to be here, um, for him to be the kind of ruler that, uh, you know, I think we always want, one who always constantly is putting his people in front of himself. Um, and, of course, that, was, that is the ultimate thing that we celebrate every Easter, is him putting himself in front of all of us. And so... You know, as I've been thinking about this and then coming into this season of Advent, um, just reminding or just kind of reminding myself about what it means, um, you know, for King Jesus to be coming. I mean, we we celebrate the coming of the King, 
uh, a king who loves us so dearly, um, who uh, will rule uh, or is ruling and will rule uh, all of the, uh, or through the, uh, the final kingdom um, when uh, everything is made new. Um, and, and I'm sure it's about everybody who knows us knows that our family's been through a lot of adversity over the years, and, uh, and that's, that means a lot to me, um, that uh, we have a king who uh, has given up everything uh, to, uh, to set things right. So that's what I've been thinking about. Austin actually reminded me of something I've been thinking a lot about recently, um, which is a, a similar idea. Um, uh, but the idea of Jesus as Lord, what does it mean that Jesus is Lord? And, um, and so I was talking about this with, with the youth a couple weeks ago. Um, and the, the thing that made me think about this was I was listening to an, an interview um, with someone, and he was talking about you know, how his, his life changed when he was a teenager because uh, someone said to him, you know, Jesus is your Savior, but he's not your Lord. Um, and so I was thinking, like, what does that mean that Jesus is a Savior but not a Lord? And uh, it kind of led me to this passage from, from Revelation. This is in Revelation 3. Um, there's these letters to the churches. So this is the church, to the church in Laodicea. It says, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot, you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, so that you can become rich, and white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes, so you can see. Uh, and when I was talking with the youth, do we, do we have any people who have read Harry Potter out here? Um, so in, in Harry Potter, the very end of Harry Potter, Harry goes to like this kind of in-between world, and it's like King's Cross Station, and, um, and he sees this like pitiful kind of like dying creature and it's like it's Voldemort right and that's that's actually like the image that I was like our youth had, had all read Harry Potter and so I gave them like that's the image of like this is what Jesus is saying to this church like you think you're rich but you're really like this poor uh really like what he's describing is is pretty much uh it seems like an, a, a newborn right a, a, a poor uh, where is it? Pitiful, poor, wretched, blind, and naked. That, that basically describes like a newborn baby, which if you've ever held one of those, they are. That's what they are. They're helpless, right? And so um, Jesus is telling this church, like, you think that you are rich, but really this is, you're helpless, and there's nothing you can do for yourself. This is like your true spiritual state. Um, and that just really like stuck out to me, like, the, uh, the idea of being lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, uh, I think I'm very content for Jesus to be my savior. Like that, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Now I'm going to go and I'm going to go and live my life um, the way I want to live it. Uh, and I, I think that's what he means by talking about them being lukewarm. Uh, you say I'm rich, I've acquired wealth, and I don't need a thing. Right? We're fine on our own. Thanks for what you did. Now we're good to go by ourselves. Um, but that's not what Jesus demands from us. He demands that he be our Lord. Um, uh, like our, that he's our king, as Austin was saying, um, and so that was that's been really something that's been on my mind a lot recently. Is what does it mean 
for Jesus to be my Lord rather than just my Savior. Um, so I'm going to put this back down, and we're going to leave a little bit more time. So this will probably be uh, your last chance to come up. So if you want to come up and talk um, and share, Mary's going to give a few minutes before she comes up and leads us in prayers. Uh, so if you feel like maybe you are being tugged to the front, go ahead and just go with that. <laughs> Well, I'm thankful for each of you. I'm thankful for believers who get up in the rain after a long holiday weekend and come to church to worship our Lord and our Savior. So thank you all. I'm thankful for everybody who labors here in the church to help us be able to come into a warm church with all the beautiful Christmas decorations. I'm thankful for Jesus coming this Advent season. Uh, I'm thankful for the um, launch of the Anglican Creation Care Network at New Wineskins and uh, those who are involved in that and pray for that continued leadership. And I'm just thankful for God's creation, the beauty of the leaves that have changed, the rain to replenish the earth, horses, even yellow jackets, (laughs) Um, sort of. Um, And... uh, I'm just thankful that uh, he renews the land and he renews each of us. So I'm looking forward to that renewal. So now it's time in the service for the prayers of the people. So please take a posture of prayer if you're able. Thanks for joining us for this sermon from the River Anglican Church. You can find us on the web at therivernrv.org, also on Facebook, and you can join us in person if you like on Sunday mornings at 915 at 110 Roanoke Street East, Blacksburg, Virginia, 24060. We hope to see you again next week.